Hey everyone, I wanted to take a moment at the beginning of this week's episode to honor someone special the world has lost. Chadwick Boseman passed away this weekend, and the impact he left on us here at When Cinephiles Attack and the world in general is incredible. The legacy he now leaves behind is full of joy, power, and triumph. Jackie Robinson, Thurgood Marshall, James Brown, and of course, King T'Challa, the Black Panther. Strong, courageous, iconic Black men. All of those performances and stories remind us not only why we love movies and the people that create them, but of the importance of seeing people on screen who look like you. We are in a difficult, challenging time. It's important to tell the people around you that you love them while you can. And we are so grateful that you allow us to bring you a little love, laughter, and light once a week. From everyone here at the podcast, we want to say thank you so much. Love each other and enjoy this week's show. We're not going to fight anymore. I'm also just a girl. I hate to float. Standing in front of a boy. Such a great audience. Come on, y'all talkers up in here. It's time to keep it down right now. When Cinephiles Attack, a weekly podcast where four movie fans test the limits of their friendship. I'm Lacey, here with Mella, Josh, and Rashawn. What's up, y'all? What's up? (laughs) (laughs) How are you doing today? Doing good. Hanging out. You guys been watching anything? Mm, I just started I May Destroy You. Mm. What is that on? It's on HBO. Okay. It's the new show from Michaela Cole, who did Chewing Gum. Crazy good show. It's She's a writer in London, I believe. Uh, has a deadline coming up for her new book, and she goes out one night, has a bunch of drinks with her friends, and then blacks out. And then the next morning, she starts having these flashbacks and realizes that she might have been assaulted. So the rest of the show is her kind of piecing those together and really challenging watch but it's also she has this way of of making you think about uncomfortable things but also making you laugh at the same time mm-hmm. and um i just think it's really refreshing she's a dark-skinned black woman leading an hbo show it's it's really really great and tough to watch but worth it if i if i remember correctly i read that she was offered for netflix to just take the story and use the story and she said no, I, it's my story. I need mm-hmm. to be the lead. I want creative control, yada, yada. And she kept shopping it, and finally HBO took it, which is props to her for... That's amazing. Yeah. I think it yeah. had a lot to do with the rights that Netflix would retain. Right. So I'm, I'm glad she stuck to her guns, and, and she's telling the story that she wants to tell. Speaking of HBO, one of the leaders for this year's Emmys... <laughs> Carmella. Carmella. What? (laughs) (laughs) What? Watchmen coming in at 26 Emmy nominations. And every single one deserved. Every Every single single one. one. 26. Um, So you watched it all the time, right, Carmella? (laughs) Um, uh, Yes, I loved it. Did you? Maybe, Mella. What happens in Watchmen? What I did see that there's like just like an army that Regina King is Ar- like. You're already wrong. Oh, yeah. <laughs> let's let's not. The word army, you're already wrong. You guys, I'm, I swear I'm gonna get to it. I will say, I wanna I wanna know your thoughts for those that have seen it. Um, it's it is getting a little bit of heat because it 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 is dominating the uh, uh, limited series or whatever it's called category mm-hmm, mm-hmm. because it was originally a, a supposed to be a episodic however many seasons but Damon Lindelof came out and said he wants it to just be this one season so I think that they were able to switch the category in time. Yeah. Do you agree with that or do you think it should have been categorized with how it was originally intended to be released? I mean, I'm 
I won't be getting another season of it, so everyone can shut up. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> like, it, I, I have to suffer with the pain of not getting Watchmen season two. So it's a limited series. You know what I mean? It's, it's yeah. fine. And Damon Lindelof has not necessarily said no to this idea, but ideas have been floated that maybe take it, not necessarily American Horror Story, but continue on with different creators, a different creator every season and, and uh, season-long arcs that take place in the same world. Mm-hmm. That Virginia King's character exists in, but maybe not follow her exactly. And, and I, I know think, yeah. Damon wouldn't come back without Regina, and vice versa. So, right. you know, if they both come back, you know, count me in on the couch. But, uh... <laughs> <laughs> but yeah, I think I agree. I think the risk is too great of ruining what is, in my opinion, a as close to a perfect season of television as you can get. Mm-hmm. Yeah, absolutely. I mean, a god walks into a bar is holy shit. <laughs> like pretty much an hour of just perfect television. I mean, just not even television, just cin- just a cinematic experience. Yeah. Like it's it's impeccable storytelling, acting, production. Like it's all just perfection. Yeah, Marlo, wake up. I'm- <laughs> <laughs> hey guys. <laughs> I'd be remiss if I didn't bring up Josh and I just started and are savoring on Netflix Love on the Spectrum. Oh. Oh, oh I want to watch that. It is the perfect amount of sweetness and hope and authenticity that you never see in reality TV ever. And it's been like a real light at the end of our day to watch these people's stories and journeys looking for love. It is so just lovely. There's no other word for it than lovely. There's only five episodes? Only yeah. five. Are they hour longs? Like 45. Yeah. yeah. Okay. Close to. Watching it. Yeah. Definitely. It's yeah. still like we've been, we want to binge it, but it's the kind of thing where we've been sticking to one episode a night because we want it like so sweet. To and savor nice. it. We just yeah. Wanna, like... So, with all of that, <laughs> what <laughs> else are we going to fight about today? Well, Lacey. Yeah. <laughs> My dear friend Lacey. Yeah. <laughs> I watched Coraline. You did. I did. Oh. In its entirety. Mom? You're just in time for supper, dear. You're not my mother. My mother doesn't have... buttons Do you like them? I'm your other mother, silly. You probably think this world is a dream come true. My name! But you're wrong. You do like it here, don't you, Coraline? You could stay here forever. There's one tiny little thing we need to do. Black is traditional. <gasps> She's got this whole world where everything's better. I'm so happy crazy. to hear that. <laughs> Coraline is one of my all-time favorite movies. As you all know, it is a beautiful stop-motion animation movie from Leica Studios and Focus Features. It came out in 2009, written and directed by Henry Selick, based on the novel by Neil Gaiman, starring the voices of Dakota Fanning and Terry Hatcher and the king himself, Keith David. And it's about this little girl who gets moved into this eclectic, weird pink palace house and she's really unhappy from being displaced and she finds this little tiny door which is a (laughs) portal to this alternate reality where everything seems perfect but lying underneath all of that perfectness is a darker world that she will soon find (laughs) (laughs) i love this movie um yeah you all know <laughs> I think it's stunningly beautiful. There's no, I won't hear a single argument against how beautiful this film is and how much freaking work it took to make. It is an animated masterpiece. It's acted beautifully. The voice acting is wonderful. So I think we can wrap up and um, <laughs> that's the episode. Time to play a game. <laughs> I will say I think Terry Hatcher's voice was perfection. I only know her from like, well, 
I guess I know her from Desperate Housewives and um, Lois Lois Lane. Oh mm-hmm. yeah, she was, huh? Lois yeah. Clark. Yeah. Mm-hmm. But her mom voice is so soothing. That's um probably the nicest thing I'll say about this. Ooh, holy <gasps> shit! I before we get going on that, <laughs> I had to look up how old Dakota Fanning was when this came out because I think she destroys that too. She was about sixteen, I think. Yeah, fifteen, sixteen. Lacey, I will side with Lacey on this one. It's <laughs> inarguable how much work the artists set, and I do mean artists at Leica do. Um, so basically, on average, a single artist completed between two point two and six point five two seconds of footage for the film per week. So it took them a full week to make two to six seconds of the movie. Jesus. Mm-hmm. It took about what, like 18 months, I read, right? Yeah. It, for post-production, yes. The whole thing, pre and post, combined with the 18 months of production, it was a four-year project. Wow. Oh, my gosh. There was, yeah. for a while at Universal Studios out here, there was a Leica exhibit. Like They had a bunch of the props and the mm-hmm. sets and behind-the-scenes stuff, and it was... One of the coolest things the park has ever had. So, of course, it was for a limited time only. (laughs) It was so cool, though. Like, they actually had a tunnel that you could walk through that looked like the tunnel from the Two Worlds and Coraline. They had the full-size Pink Palace house. It was, like, my dream come true. Rashawn's being really quiet though, yeah. and I'm—I feel like the Henry oh Cavill goodness. gif right now, where I'm like, sleeves are coming up, I'm ready, locked and loaded, let's go. I have a confession, and let's hear it. Like always, I'll take you guys on a journey. <laughs> uh, this journey's short. I don't like buttons, <gasps> and that's the end of the story. Oh, I'm so sorry. <laughs> it's okay. <laughs> Um, so it's kumpunophobia is the fear of those things, <laughs> and uh, it is a. You watched it, the whole movie. I watched the whole movie. Wow! I, I did have to put my head down at a lot of parts. The opening was not a good look for me. <laughs> yeah. The drawer. The openings. The whole opening sequence, and yeah. <laughs> Uh-huh. So I don't really know where this phobia originated, where it comes from, how to manage it, um, how I live with it. <laughs> <laughs> I am uh, functioning in society, but these things are not my friends. I think they're one of the most disgusting things ever created. Um, <laughs> Buttons. Yeah, those. And wow, real soft tea on that delivery. <laughs> <laughs> Buttons. And... Um, like my palms are 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 sweaty just talking about it right now, but th- on clothes, not my favorite thing. Loose, like I uh, I wish I could carry a gun around and and like pop <laughs> a leg if I see it. It's just not. So what about on faces? Yeah. What uh, about on eyes? Yeah, if it's somebody's eyes, why am I here? <laughs> But they can be any color. They could be chartreuse. They could Ew, be aquamarine. I'm sorry. I'm sorry. I'm sorry I put you through that. It's okay. I agreed to watch for this episode. I you love did. I love you guys and I love this show. Um if if there's any, you know, donations coming our way, therapy <laughs> would be recommended and I'm I will take it. <laughs> uh, that being said, phobia aside. I agree wholeheartedly with you, Lacey and Josh, that technically this is a masterful achievement. Like stop motion in and of itself is oh, yeah. insanely big undertaking. Mm-hmm. And when you make an hour and 40 minute movie, it's just, it's insane. Yeah, Add on to that, the world that they created, the characters, the production design. Yeah. An animated I masterpiece. I, I can't say masterpiece. I'm so sorry. It's a masterpiece. <laughs> <laughs> if this had been, you can't I see know. my face, but the muscles in my neck are straining. I know. This this podcast is literally just my villain origin story, and that's <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Going into this, we kind of all expected you to be the semi moderator, maybe when it, unless it came to me, because in yeah. in private. 
Rashawn and I butt heads more than anybody else, but ultimately he's sort of the even keeled one. Boy, is it the opposite. <laughs> Boy, <laughs> is this podcast revealing. <laughs> and I want to preface this by saying any of my criticisms are just that my like my opinion because I, I can't lessen the achievement of what they did with this film. Your wrong opinion. Huh. <laughs> um, <laughs> if this had been a twenty minute short and she tumbled into the world, the other world once, and all of this happened kind of in a condensed short story, I think I would have been a little more on board with what was happening. But 100%. stretched out to a, a full feature length, it lost me a lot. And I, I think there are a lot of really great set pieces and a lot of really imaginative and creative vignettes that, for me, don't make a cohesive whole. See, I have to completely disagree with you. Mm-hmm. Shocking, I know. Shocking, yeah. But what I love about the storytelling in this movie is you know exactly who each character is. Each character gets their own story. They each get their own moment. They have their identifying factors. Mm-hmm. I I don't think the impact of how unsatisfied Coraline is in her life would be as effective if we didn't meet Spink Enforceable, if we didn't meet Mr. Bobinski, if we didn't ha- see those interactions Mm-hmm. see inside their homes. I feel like you need all of that backstory because that's what the other mother is drawing from too. That's how she is creating a better world for Coraline. We're getting to know Coraline's life as the other mother is too. I will take a stand directly in the middle of you two. <laughs> I, I think the pacing could have been not even tightened or cut. I think it could have been adjusted. Mm-hmm. I wanted to see, because the whole point, at least at the beginning, the, the draw for the other world is supposed to be that it's exciting. It's everything Coraline wanted. Her real world is boring and dull and gray and flat. Because I know it was supposed to be three trips to the other world. She visited a unique room each time. Right. She goes back and she gets the three eyeballs or whatever. But I think it would be effective if that was condensed and we got a, a longer drawn out Time, more more time in the real world it would seem duller it would it would seem like it would drag on forever it but again that might be hard for the viewer to recognize that it's intentional not just a boring movie but that would make the time in the other world more exciting because everything's happening so quick and it's such such an exciting place and then she goes back to her home world and it's kind of dull and boring and drawn out again i think it pacing could have been shifted a little bit but not necessarily cut or edited i think just rearranged what i will say yeah let's hear is that my ass would have been a little baby ghost (laughs) (laughs) on period my issue with this movie is that why would Coraline ever want to go back to those parents there was nothing redeeming about those parents. When she went back the second time to the real world, mm-hmm. I would have loved to like see the parents care a little bit more. I'm like, okay, she's going to go. She goes to her other parents. Yeah, they have button eyes, but everything else is perfect. Like She could have stayed in that world, lived a gorgeous life. She didn't know she was going to be a ghost. Okay, but hmm. what's, what's worse Maybe boring parents that an angsty teen doesn't like, or violence, like literally <laughs> sewing out your eyeballs. It's not like she didn't know until she saw those baby ghosts. Here is what I will say about that: is we aren't shown the compassionate side of her parents. You're right. The first two, two or three times, no, the first two times. The third time, they're in their clothes shopping for school and Mm -hmm. Coraline wants those gloves and you see on the drive back her mom is remorseful about the situation that she's put Coraline in she's uprooted her life she didn't do the little favor of buying the gloves and she extends the olive branch of like do you want to come food shopping with me do you want to get out of the house again you get a glimpse of that. I think the reason we don't see that compassionate side is because we're supposed to be observing the way the other mother is observing Coraline's life. Mm. You 
see, especially at the end after Coraline rescues her parents, how much she loves them and how playful and sweet and loving they can be when they're not under the pressure of a deadline. I mean, her dad, Rashawn, her dad even takes her little toy squid and does an alien sucker on the face moment. Like, how the, do you the not squid like had that? button eyes. I don't get. I don't. <laughs> so obviously, other mother and other father mm-hmm. are supposed to be the antithesis of her real life mother and father. Do you think other mothers saw a play, the playful moments of the father and took those best moments and put them in the other father, or do you think up until then? The father never showed any playful energy, and that's why other mother was like, all right, you got to be playful, you got to be funny, you got to play the piano, which, by the way, the Coraline song fucking slaps. Yeah, it does. Yeah, it does. I will give a little shout out to the score, which is amazing. It's so beautiful. The Coraline piano song bumps. Now, here's the thing. If I... And the growing villain of this podcast, mm-hmm. you vanquish me, and Carmela is still here, not saying a damn thing. I, Carmela, I want you to speak on it. Okay, speak on it because she is not. She is not coming forth. She wants to sit there and watch you guys tear me apart. It's just so fun. Speak Y'all up, were Mel. Sitting in your okay. apartment, stewing after you watched this movie, weren't you? We were. <laughs> because, okay, this is what I have to say. I don't think at the end there is any still redeeming qualities of the parent. <gasps> 100. What because, the hold on, hold up. Hold up. She was in, they were in the globe, right? The snow globe. Yeah. yeah. And then she looks up and she's like, oh my God, they came out the snow globe. And then the parents walk in, they're covered in snow, and like it's still her imagination. I'm imagining it's not real snow because they don't see it. And the mom's like, Coraline, you broke my favorite globe. Pick it up. <laughs> I'm like, damn. She's like well, so she happy to know. see them. She doesn't know. But it's still not even sweet that if I was Coraline, I'm like, I did all this to come back to that. You know what? I'm going to the, to the little door again. It just like never, never is there a point where I'm like, oh man, I'd miss my mom and dad too. What about when she gives Coraline the gloves that she wanted so badly? At the end, after everything's done. Yes. There's the redeeming, there's the sign, there's the show that she loves her. Also, I will say at the very end, you see a picture or it's towards the end of the movie. You see an actual picture of Coraline and her parents from before their move back in Michigan. Mm -hmm. And Coraline has brown hair. She does not have brown hair in the movie. She has blue hair. So her parents know she's eclectic her parents yeah encourage her to be different and to embrace her eccentricities i guess she's mean she, okay. can we talk about it she's, she's a, a she's fucking a teenager she's a jerk i don't she's care a fucking teenager she's Look, a Carmella, jerk you you negated your own point with that though by saying what? you if if it's in Coraline's imagination if the snow globe is in her imagination then why wouldn't the mom be mad that she broke her favorite snow globe yeah, not, that doesn't make her a bad mom. But if, if it wasn't, in, I'm not, I'm not, okay. If it wasn't, <laughs> if it wasn't in her imagination, then yeah, that'd be kind of fucked up. But it clearly is. At least the snow globe portion. The mom has no reason not to be mad that her teenager, who who up until this moment, yes, she hugged him, but until this moment, Coraline was was being a brat. I will also say, Rashawn. What? Coraline <laughs> is 11 years old. And has been uprooted from, I I think she's 11. Yeah, she's like 11, 12. She has been uprooted from Michigan and driven across the country where she has no friends. She has no, like, steady footing. You love Inside Out and you sympathize with that main character in Inside Out. She is not a jerk. She becomes one when she gets upset. Yeah, Coraline well, I'm upset. in her I'm in her head, so I get it. And, <laughs> so go you know, inside Coraline's head. Put yourself in those shoes. I can't because she's so mean. And she does have friends because YB knocks on her goddamn door every day trying to be her friend. YB's kind down. of annoying. Mm, is he trying to be her friend or is he? Is. Yes. He's 
okay, flip the script. Why the movie's about YB? YB? <laughs> Come on, Nick. <laughs> Look, YB is just as alone. He's here with his grandma and those two old ladies downstairs. Like, he doesn't have any friends either. And the minute they meet, she's all like, why were you born? Why were you born? Don't be a jerk, Coraline, before you get those horrible things in your eyes. Um, he fucking rolled up on her on a dirt bike in a splinter cell mask. If yeah, I had a dirt know. bike, I want to show it off too. Upset. What? If I had a dirt bike, I want to show it off too. In a <laughs> fucking post-apocalyptic Fallout splinter cell mask? Maybe. I mean, she. I mean, she's wandering around with a stick. But it's also it's playful jabbing because they are friends. She she took pictures she's not for him nice over to him. his goddamn snake. She's not nice she to him. Did. And then he goes into what? the other world and he gets his mouth sewn up for her. He and does not go into the other world. He is the other YB in the other world. It is well, a, I'm a little I, of the other mother. I'm a little confused about the logistics of this <laughs> door <laughs> because it she, explains she goes to sleep. And then she goes to the door, and then she wakes up in her bed. I need a little. I need some instructions about when it. <laughs> you need some when rules. She, I need some rules. When is she in the world? When does she come out of the door? Because she just wakes up in her bed. And exactly. Then, so she's back. So is yeah. is all of this a dream? No. So the door is real. The door, the door is, real. is real. It's locked. You see that you don't talk to me about the key that the door is real button key when at the end the other mother's hand comes out Mm -hmm. little needle hand yeah but until then what I don't know what I'm talking about (laughs) (laughs) I will also say so in your defense Rashawn Whitey Mm -hmm. is not in the book by Neil Gaiman he was Mm -hmm. a character that was added for the movie so that. They basically wanted someone else for Coraline to talk to, so she wasn't narrating to herself in the movie. Okay. So I can sort of see why that relationship feels disconnected and why she seems well, a little off put. No, she's mean. I she's, would like she's mean to him. She's mean to Ian McShane with the hat. You're mean she's to mean. me. I would. <laughs> I would like to enter a URL. Uh, into the page www.hottake.com. Uh, Love yeah, it. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> Click it. I'm this sorry. is all YB's fault. <gasps> what? Because he gives her the doll. Yes! The doll. Yeah. The doll. Oh, he the was doing a nice he, thing. The, the the doll is how the mm-hmm. other mother sees into this world. It's how she figured out what to. to Why did the grandma have with. the doll? It was her sister. The last girl to disappear was the grandma's sister. So she oh, so in the, the beginning, doll. she remade that doll mm-hmm. into Coraline. Got it. Mm-hmm. Okay. With it. It's You're not going to blame this on YB. I'm sorry. I feel like that. if there was no YB, we could have had the cat from the jump. YB, because I, the hey, cat was lit. YB also saves the day. I'm not saying he's... But it all kicked off because he gave her that doll. Yeah, but he was doing a nice thing. Yeah. If yeah. I saw a doll that looked like Josh, I'd be like, first of all, what the fuck? You know and what? Then I would, you would and then it, I would you come would just give it. throw it in the fire. I would throw it away, especially you know, if I had doll eyes. I mean, button eyes. I'd be like, Josh, was, wait, look at this hey, fucking know, ugly you know, thing I threw away. You know, you know who else was doing a nice thing? Who? What? Cal. Josh, we're not do doing not. that. We're not the doing kid. that. You were doing so good. Get the fuck out of here. I'm on your team in this episode. Yeah, I'm, but not I'm if you on... bring that shit into it. I disown you immediately. Let Cal Hockley live. <laughs> I'm saying he did. Okay, okay. Yes, he meant to be doing a nice thing. That doesn't negate the fact that this all jumped off because the other mother got into Coraline's house. She got she she could see through there now. Through the doll. Yeah, but he didn't know that. That's fine. It's an innocent. I'm not saying he did it maliciously. I'm saying he did it. I'm I'm gonna say this again. I would have stayed on the other side, <laughs> and Mama would have loved me. And that's she would not have. She, yeah, she, she wanted have. to eat. No, her. I, I love to eat. I would have gotten fat. 
I said, take a bite of this thigh every so often, and she would have been happy. That's, that that's that it. omelet did look good, though. The omelet looked lit. The bacon looked lit. Okay, but can we talk can about we, how Coraline ta- drank a mango <laughs> milkshake? <laughs> I'm going to throw up. It's with, pretty bad. With chicken or what was it, turkey? Doesn't yes. matter. <laughs> mango and milk. <laughs> milk. She needs a milk. She needs she a milk. Eat whatever else she wants to s- the objectively. A mango milkshake sounds disgusting. Oh, but Josh, there's mango soft serve ice cream. I don't give a fuck. Mango <laughs> milkshakes. Don't argue with yourself. I'm I'm gonna say I would give it a try, but um, Jesus, <laughs> I disagree with you on 100 percent of this episode. <laughs> oh my God. All right, can we talk about Miss Makeup and Tits McGee a little bit? Yes, Holy I was just gonna okay, say that's... I want to talk about all the side characters because I also so want to. Good is. Before we get into this, is this movie for children? Yeah. Mm-mm. I don't know. They watch this. <laughs> With them titties? I don't know. I don't know. I don't know. I, I feel like I would let my kid watch it, and then I walk by and see them titties, and I would be like, what are you watching? I will let our kids watch this because I think the overall message of recognizing when you're having a hard time mm-hmm. and the actual good things in your life just because something looks pretty doesn't mean that it's good you know nice. i think i think the Carmella. Over- i think <laughs> i think mm. there are a lot of lessons in here especially like for littles the ultimate stranger danger like yeah. <laughs> literally yeah but it is her mom though that's tricky but it's not. It's not her mom. She says from the beginning, oh, I'm not her. I'm your other mother. That's true. That is true. I'll, to this, to the titty point. Yeah. <laughs> Let's bring up them titties. As a young straight male, I could tell you that at some point, once you learn what boobs are, any boobs are boobs. <laughs> and from a kid perspective, watching something like this, whether they're the size of Miss Piggies or, <laughs> or the size of, is, is she spank or forcible? Is she for- which one is she? Uh, I'm going to call her forcible because she'd be forcing them titties. Yes. <laughs> Come on. So <laughs> whether it's the size of Miss Piggies or one of the two of them, her boobs, at some point for a, a little kid who's about to go through puberty or just going through puberty, boobs are boobs. It doesn't. It's whatever. I, I was just wondering. I'm not saying that, oh, my God, we need to turn this off for the kids. But I'm just think- like, is... Is this something I would let my kids watch or a kid watch? I think personally, Laika does an incredible job of doing, of of kind of threading the in-between needle where there are like kids movies like Disney or kids programming like Sesame Street or whatever, where you can, there's a certain age where like a kid will phase out of it and then you'll get back into it as an adult because we all have abandonment issues and uh, (laughs) want to revisit the nostalgia of childhood. (laughs) Fuck. But there's an in-between, there's an in-between from like, nine to 14 mm-hmm. where the sort of the action and the more teenage young adult maybe even adult movies don't quite hit yeah. but you feel like you're too old for these kiddie movies and i think Leica does an incredible job of threading that needle i totally agree and i i i feel like something that has been lost over the last 10 or so years is horror for children Mm-hmm. We grew up with Goosebumps and Are You Afraid of the Dark and mm-hmm. Ah Real Monsters. And, yeah. you know, like we grew up with these awesome horror stories and characters that really, I think, help develop empathy. And I mean, they teach valuable lessons. And I think there have there has been an extreme lack of that. And I think that's something like a really thrives in with their storytelling they take characters like the other mother they take paranorman is all about zombies and witches and i love paranorman me too See, um, let's talk about that Lacey, so we can be friends again <laughs> okay after this after this okay. i'm not done okay, fighting okay. for my girl Carla. Oh, okay. um, so i i i really see the value in kids, especially like Josh said, in that nine to twelve age range, seeing movies like mm-hmm. this, I think, and I think there's a hunger for it. I think kids want to watch 
scary stuff. It's fun to be scared. Right. This goes back to it, the movie being quote unquote too long. I um, never said that. I did. <laughs> I'll say it. Yeah, say more. Good. Say more. I, well, I, w- I was going to bring up the fact that I think it should have been a short and I would have definitely liked it more. But you already made that point. So carry on, Lacey. You see how this works? Yep. <laughs> I already got roasted for it. <laughs> Who's your favorite side character? The cat. Mr. Cat. I mean, easily. <laughs> yes. Um, We're trying I... to like his voice. Ooh. Ooh. See how this keeps I'm happening? Sorry. Do you ah! know who Keith David is? I, yes. <laughs> I have met Keith David and I... I'm a Aww. huge fan of Keith David. Do you um, think it fit the character? That's all I said. <laughs> and this girl, this girl is <laughs> manipulating this. I sure am. All I, I said was, hmm, I want, I am not sure if it fits the cat. That's oh, I all I said. It totally does. And I said that because all I heard was facilier. And and that was in my head. Well, this came out first, uh, or did it? Came out like at the same time. Um, yeah, no, this came out first. Mm-hmm. Barely though, this came out Barely. in two thousand nine. Yeah. Barely. Yeah. Um, I will. I'll agree with you for a little bit. I initially thought that when I first heard his voice, I was like, "Why is it? It's too what the fuck? Like it's too <laughs> deep. It's too strong." But then I kind of thought about it. And I don't know if this was their intention. This might be me just projecting positive things onto them but to me it came across as it proved that the cat was old and weathered and he knew what he was doing and he's been in and out and in and out he's not and he has that mystical side to him too not only being able to go back and forth between the real world and the other world but at that very end shot he's in Ah. the real world on -hmm. the pink palace sign and disappears so i need rules how did he do that? <laughs> he is mystical. She just said he's the mystical. The rapper? <laughs> no, God. Quit it. That's it. Chill. The, the episode is the wall, That's my trigger word. The moment we mention <laughs> mystical the rapper. You ain't seen Phantom I leave this podcast. <laughs> how, how much does Josh love the Stutter remix? I fucking love this show. <laughs> insert, insert remix here. <laughs> put real quick, cut it, and put as much of the stutter remix as we can without getting sued in it right here. <laughs> well, I I think my favorite character. I don't know if she's a side character, but I loved Mother, Other Mother. I, I thought Terry Hatcher was. I thought did she's an amazing phenomenal. Job. Jokes yes. aside, I thought YB was the best character. I love YB. Yeah, I love I think, YB. I think what's I his love name? them all. Robert Bailey Jr. is a fantastic voice actor. Yeah. I think he mm-hmm. does great at YB. Mm-hmm. I think uh, other YB is horrifically sad and the scariest mm-hmm. part so of the movie. Sad. Yeah. Easily, when he yeah. turns with his Joker hooks in, mm-hmm. it's the scariest Scary. part of the movie. Yeah. This may be me again looking too into YB, but. That the friendship stayed the same, whether YB could talk or not. Other YB even ended up being friends with Coraline. I think it, to me, it showed that deep down, it seems like he's an almost untarnishable soul that even with Other Mother's attempt at turning him and twisting his personality, Mm -hmm. he still ended up being the same old YB Mm -hmm. who just wanted to help Coraline and be her friend. Mm -hmm. Despite her being a jerk. Okay, Rashawn. <laughs> she throws the cat at other mother to get. She's, like she's... eleven and she that panicked. Was a little wild. That no, was wild. She sacrificed him. And she and apologized afterwards. She's growing. I know. Growth. One of y'all mentioned Inside Out. <laughs> I Inside did. Out. Yes. Okay. I thought a lot about that movie when I was watching this movie. In that movie, in Inside Out, the parents are nice. God, <laughs> that's her only <laughs> argument that because honestly truly that is my argument with this movie because i'm not gonna take away that like the animation is great and of course i would like show it to a kid because i think it's very entertaining but if we're talking about like specifics those parents 
were rude. That first scene is is was, very harsh. You have to admit it's harsh. Was, like she talks, she she is being a brat because she has no fucking friends. She was plucked out of her town. <laughs> One second. She was plucked out of her town. So she's like, the only people she could talk to are moms and dads. She's like, mom, pay attention to me. She's like, Coiline, go away. And then she goes to dad, who's scary as fuck, by the way. The dad? The dad is scary. He's he's scary. Yes, he he is. And he's like, Coiline, take this notepad and go count doors. What? Fight her Like, more. you couldn't okay. even take it. Fight her. You couldn't even take okay. five <clears throat> minutes to First talk off, to your daughter? <laughs> First off, Palpatine, chill. Uh, Second. <laughs> who's Palpatine? Rashawn. Rashawn. <laughs> Sitting there. Her power grows. <laughs> Look, the difference is Coraline's parents are struggling. They're like. They own a like palace. A, they are not struggling. They're renting. They, they are don't own that. Renting a floor of a three-floor complex. That's they a rental. Not... <laughs> Who said? What's Who, that? Who said? That's they're, they're renting from the sisters. Why? Or for the yeah. grandmother. From the grandmother. It's an exposition between YB and Coraline at the very beginning. Oh, my bad. Okay, well, uh-huh. Keep going. Yeah, 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 yeah. <laughs> She was on her phone. Okay. They're... No, bitch. I was not on my phone. <laughs> yeah, you are. The thing is, okay, you're still struggling. I get that. But they couldn't even take a moment. They were throw... on a deadline. A writer's deadline that they had to make. That's why they went into town. And they're so financially struggling that Coraline's mom had to initially deny her a fucking pair of gloves that were on sale for two ninety five. It was twenty four ninety five. They were twenty four ninety five. Those were oh, expensive. Oh, what the ass. fuck? They yeah. were twenty five dollars. Like, girl, go oh, to the five dollars. <laughs> <laughs> Sorry, ending the movie, you still would have been mad because I was not buying those twenty five dollars no. gloves. Also, Wait, then, but then she did. She did buy the gloves because she loves her daughter. Because they also made the deadline, and the and the article was getting published. That's why they had their big garden party. Mm-hmm. It's growth from Coraline and her parents. I don't know. I needed to see a hug. I think it. I think it is uh, <laughs> a commentary a on the working on the lower working class family and the tidal waves that crushing dependence on capitalism can send oh, through the family shit. unit. Mm, preach, babe. Come on, preach. come on, themes. <laughs> this Jesus. whole thing. Her obsession with gardening, their 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 overwhelming dedication to getting this deadline, for better or for worse, all because they needed to make the money, which led them to being bad parents, which led the other mother to seeing a weakness in Coraline that she tried to pounce on. The true villain of this movie, as is all movies, is it's capitalism. Coraline. No, <laughs> <laughs> is the parent wrong? C. Okay. okay, we're talking about villains. I want to play a game. Let's All do right. it. I want to play a game. All right, everyone, gird your loins. Riddle me this. It don't matter if you win by an inch or a mile. I'm guessing games. Come on, I'm bored. Bored, play with me. So this week, we're going to play a little villains versus villains. Ooh. Ooh. Versus time. I've been waiting for one of these. So I'm going to give you two villains. Okay. These villains are on a level playing ground. Okay. So neutral terrain and minimal preparation time okay. are the stipulations for these verses. You ready? I'm mm-hmm. ready. Our first category is Disney villains. Yes. <laughs> we have the queen herself, Maleficent, versus Keith David's Dr. Facilier. Oh. <laughs> Dr. Um, yeah. The queen. I love Facilier. I, I gotta go with Why Maleficent, the though. Why? I feel like she has this way of seduction that mm-hmm. she can use that Facilier just don't. Yeah, he's not wearing a shirt. He's just wearing a blazer. <laughs> but she has this thing to her where she can lure you in at first where you're like, okay. This might this might not be happening, and then boom, sneak attack. 
That's no. Facilier yeah, is, Facilia is a trickster. I mean, yeah, he, that's how he gets get Naveen. Fooled. Also, this is just a fucking rumble. They're not like trying to court one another. He's not going to get, he knows it's a fight. Oh, then dragon for sure. Yeah. yeah. Hello. She's a fucking dragon <laughs> at the end cast, of it. What do, so remind me. So if the sun is going down on a dragon, what's underneath the dragon? The earth, what? Huh? The shadow, his shadow. Okay. Something uh-huh. Facilier has command over. Dude, you're, no. She's gonna, she's gonna start as a hot little queen. She's gonna That's walk up to not him. gonna make a fucking difference to yes. Facilier. And then she's gonna pull up as a dragon. Yeah. I'm, no. I'm also just gonna throw this in the mix. Facilier's power is all conditional, right? On it, how much, yeah, how much blood he has or yeah. souls or whatever. Yeah. So, mm-hmm. and Maleficent's is just her own it's power. Just her. She's so. a GD She sorcerer. wakes up, possibly Blah. can be a dragon at any moment. She doesn't have to say shit. She has poison <laughs> on her side. She can put you to sleep. Like, Dr. Vasilia's power is not, he can, he still has power. It's not like he, yeah, he can't control her. He, I don't he, think he, he has also, powers if he doesn't have his Doesn't he have to make spells? Side. Doesn't he have to say spells? Yeah, but his friends on the other side aren't aren't limited to a New Orleans cemetery. <laughs> like the friend, they're on the other side, which means they're on the opposite dimension of wherever he is. And then if we're going like full cinematic, Maleficent, Homegirl has wings, and she looks like Angelina Jolie, so uh, she can fly, and she got killer cheekbones. So does Facilia. Have you seen his cheekbones? What the fuck? They're nice, but he got that long face. <laughs> he got that thin beard. All that right. Lip. Final votes. Maleficent. So, Maleficent. Two for Maleficent. Mm-hmm. One Facilier. for Facilier. Mm-hmm. You're the, I mean, you're the host who wins this fight. I'm going to have to say I got to go with Maleficent on this one, too. Yeah. That's plot armor. Sorry, babe. That's just bad writing. She can turn into a dragon. Okay. <laughs> That's not bad writing. Um. Next category. Pixar villains. We got Syndrome from The Incredibles versus the ultimate bad guy, in my opinion, Ernesto de la Cruz. Ooh. <gasps> Ooh. Uh, Ooh. I mean, head to head. Like in a fight. Sinestro. Yeah. Or what's his name? Syndrome. <laughs> Green Lantern. Come on, big head. <laughs> Syndrome. This this gives me a little pause because on paper it's like well syndrome is an Incredibles villain, but I I believe his his power is all is all mental right he's just kind of a super genius isn't that it yeah but he has gadgets out the ass right but does he have again, gadgets on this terrain though minimal prep time but the, so he has his suit that suit is crazy that's true that's true I mean Are, I was leaning towards syndrome anyway but Ernesto De La Cruz does he's got. He's got a little screw loose, right? You gotta take the yeah. crazy. Into I think what he does in, in Coco is is Detestable. messed up, but I yeah. don't think he can go head to head with someone. I, yeah. He's more of a he's more of a subterfuge kind of yeah. shitty guy. Where I mean, this. Syndrome Two fights the Incredibles, suit or no suit or whatever. He's his backlog of fights is a little more impressive. But he had prep time. He was he worshipped them. That's he was true. watching them his whole life. Who? But I think Ernie. Uh, Cinny. Oh, <laughs> I mean, I'm, I'm gonna go with Cinny as well. Undeniably, Ernesto is a worse person. Yeah, that we all agree on. Unquestionable. He's trash. How could you? But my vote goes to Syndrome. Yeah, same. Yeah, I think it's unanimous. So Syndrome wins that battle. Next up, we have our DreamWorks villains. We have Lord Farquaad <laughs> versus Mrs. Tweety from Chicken Run. Oh. <laughs> I'm gonna give it to the little guy. Um, nah, he's got an army. No, he doesn't Hold on. get the army. Uh, uh-uh. uh. This is one on one. Why doesn't he get the army? It's one on one. If Facilier villain. doesn't get his friends from the other side, <laughs> let it go. Farquaad doesn't get his army. I I don't think Farquaad plays by the rules. I think he's a cheater. I think he would bring the army. I'm gonna go with Chicken Run, lady. And home. Have home you girl. seen her? She's fucking she, she's I only yeah. say that because Lord Lord Farquaad is nothing without his army. 
He's like nothing, he, with, period. Without He's his two henchmen. feet tall. Yeah. yeah, he wouldn't be able to do shit. He's he small. got that big old head. <laughs> I think he could do That's something. a big target for Mrs. Tweedy's axe. Uh-huh. Have you seen that thing she carries around? She yeah. doesn't care. She'll That's just, either like, rusted kill. or discolored from blood. I'm still rolling with my boy. Did I you see so. what he did to that gingerbread man? Bitches. It was a gingerbread man, Rashawn. <laughs> That's <laughs> not judge broke broke him. Him. The judge, the judge is him. getting him. needs to stay impartial here. <laughs> All I'm saying is, if he brings the executioner with him, we got to fight. But there it's a go. one-on-one. Mrs. Tweedy is going to chop that big what head up it? like a goddamn onion. Can he bring the mirror? No, he's not bringing shit. She'll smash that thing. <laughs> he has 30 has... minutes. Maybe he can. He Okay, so he can't bring anything. She can't bring anything. So she can't bring the axe. But... She well, has been killing chickens all her life, so she knows how to crack a neck. She's, I mean, that too. If she can bring the axe, minutes, then he can bring the mirror. Okay, fine. That mirror will do nothing to her. I don't know. She, sweet talker. She has. <laughs> not being talking, sweet talker. Talking about she, she looks pretty no, and stuff. Mrs. Tweety has nothing between the ribs. You hear me? Well. She is stone cold. Final vote. For that money. Final Mrs. vote. Tweety. Uh, Tweety. I'm, I'm going with LF. I, I got to go with Mrs. Tweety on this one. That's what I'm talking cold, about. Cold, yep. stone, cool. <clears throat> evil. All right. You mean stone cold, not cold, cold stone, the ice cream company? Did I say cold stone? <laughs> yes. <laughs> Get her a cone. Get her a double scoop. You know what she's craving right now. Coffee, ice cream with rainbow sprinkles. It's 104 <laughs> degrees outside right now. Next up, I took two of director Henry Selleck's films and their villains mm. he also directed the nightmare before christmas mm. and one of my all-time favorite movies james and the giant peach Ooh. so we have oogie boogie yeah versus the rhino come oh. on oogie boogie. boogie boogie it's the rhino Hold up now. i don't Correct i can't me remember if i'm wrong the rhino does. but the rhino is basically a lightning-infused cloud monster, right? Mm-hmm. 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 Oogie Boogie is a canvas bag full of bugs. <laughs> that's gross. Am I wrong? No, I'm saying that's gross, though. <laughs> like, that's it's nasty. the rhino, hands down. Are you kidding me? He had the ability to try to put a stop to Christmas. <laughs> With, he had to what use... The- Three six-year-olds to help him do that. Terrifying. Yeah, he's like death or fear or whatever. Yeah. And Oogie Boogie is a canvas bag full of bugs. Damn, I'm changing my answer now. Oogie Boogie turns on a, a ceiling fan. Cloud, yep. cloud gone. Uh, what ceiling fan? What are you talking about? We're not in Oogie Boogie's lair. <laughs> Why not? Or does it's it a neutral a terrain. Neutral ground. Whatever. Rhino's pulling up off the clouds. We scared. Zap one zap, that canvas bag is burnt to a husk and the bugs are scattered. Mm-hmm. Rhino a hundred times out of a hundred. I'm rolling with Oogie because I just think he sounds good. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, there's no argument there. No. Rhino. Yeah, I'm going to go with Rhino. So Nothing. I'm going with the Rhino. This podcast is rich. <laughs> You won the first round. <laughs> Carry on. All right. Last category are like a villains. Here we go. We have the other mother from Coraline versus the sisters from Kubo and the Two Strings. Ooh, I'm going with other mother. Sisters. <gasps> Josh. What? <laughs> Carmela, state your case before I unleash hell. Um... <laughs> The sisters can fight, no? Like they have yeah. a lot of. They're like literally shinobi. Right. Um, <laughs> so I'm gonna go with that. That's what I'm fucking talking about. I mean, okay. other mother is not even living. Like I don't. What? Okay. She has pose. needle hands. Like I feel like one yeah. swift and she chop has of button. the sword. Eyes. <laughs> <laughs> Check me out. So. Other mother is scary and theoretically powerful, right? Not theoretically. Radically. <laughs> other mother She's powerful. Was I'll I'll say other mother wasn't quite defeated in again uh, when the cat she was more slowed down. Yeah. Yeah. Mm-hmm. The real loss that other mother found was outside the well with 
YB, right? When a 12-year-old boy dropped a rock on her hand. It was just her hand. It was just her hand. It took all that work to suppress her hand. She wasn't even in the the ring, dude. (laughs) Guess what? All of other mother's power comes from being in her realm. If we're on neutral terrain, the sisters are fucking bodying her. They're tearing her apart. You don't know that. She's thin. What? We've never seen her in the real world. Yeah, we did. We saw her stupid, shitty hand that was, yeah, it was a needle hand, but it was it was needles, and it was two 11-year-olds. Like, she's, and, she's still, and she's still, only her hand in the real world still had abilities and strength. But you, it's easily crushed. Like, you could, By literally, the sister doesn't even have to pull out a weapon. Trained could ninjas stop. could slice her stupid needle-have-an-ass in half. If I had to fight other mother, I'd pass out because <laughs> of, of her eyes. <laughs> All right. I'm calling this one a draw because what? I am because I can't vote against other mother. I love her and I think she so, is. So the sisters win, but you don't want to say it. No. I'll say it. The sisters win. So Lacey, yeah. because you you love other mother, mm-hmm. what I'm getting is you too would have stayed at the little door because you love other mother so much. No, okay, I, so you're on I, my I side. I love my mom more. My mom's the best. Oh. oh. Not other Cherish. Hi, Cherish. <laughs> All right, all right. Wrapping things up for Coraline. I think. Let us know in the comments if you think the sisters would win. (laughs) (laughs) Vote, vote Terry Hatch. Wrapping things up for Coraline. I think we can all agree that Leica Studios is unlike any other animation studio out there. They are true artisans and craftsmen, and they continually produce beautiful cinematic content i think we can agree that the other world is tempting but it is not a place that we should ever go not that Mm -hmm. fucking tempting and and i think we can all agree that i feel very bad for making rashawn watch this movie (laughs) it's okay i love you till the end of time All right, let's end this with a little six degrees of separation. We play this at the end of every episode, connecting this week's movie to next week's movie. I need you all to find a connection between Keith David and Katherine Heigl. Jesus. (laughs) I know what movie I'm using for Katherine Heigl. I can tell you that right now. Ooh, I think I got it. Ooh. Hold on. Hold on. I got it. I got it. Oh, I one. had it too. <laughs> Keith David was in The Princess and the Frog with John Goodman. Yes. Mm. Mm-hmm. Who was in <laughs> Evan Almighty with Steve <laughs> Carell. Who was in The 40-Year-Old Virgin with Seth Rogen. Mm-hmm. Who was in Knocked Up. With Catherine Hugg. Nice. There you go. Did it in four. <laughs> Nicely done, everyone. I still love you all. All right, that's it for this week's episode of When Cinephiles Attack. As always, we'd love if you took a moment and rated us on iTunes. You can find this and all of our episodes on Spotify or anywhere you get your podcasts. Follow us on Twitter and Instagram at CinephileAttack. And if you have a suggestion for a new episode or you want to show us some love, email us at whencinephilesattack at gmail.com. From Lacey, Mella, Josh, and Rashawn. Thanks for listening, and we'll catch you next week. I'm Lacey. Here I'm Mel. Oh, let me do that again. I was like... <laughs> that was so good. I fucked it up. Camilla's done that three times. I just I know. <laughs> I know. I'm so sorry. No, it's okay. Here I go. Take two. Mm-hmm. <laughs> Hello. I'm Josh. Oh, shit. <laughs> <laughs> oh, oh, fuck. I hate you so much. I hate you so much. Ah. <laughs> it was gonna go so smooth. I'm Can so we sorry. shit before we even get started? Are we good? Yeah, we're, we're good. good. We're I good. We're Sean. I'm not gonna do it. I'm not. I'm nervous. My palms are itching. I'm not. Gonna... <laughs> <laughs>
Hello, welcome back to When Cinephiles Attack, a weekly podcast where f- fuck. <laughs> I hate y'all What's happening so today? <laughs> I'm drunk. <laughs> Hello. <laughs> Sorry, I didn't know we were starting. I didn't know you harassed. <laughs> ah! Hey, everyone, be quiet. <laughs> Seriously, guys. Okay, okay, okay. Yeah, 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 yeah. Yeah, yeah. I can't look at you right now. Yeah, just don't look at me. Yeah, I'm like, I'm who's like... snarting? <laughs> I'm fucking minimizing the Zoom meeting so I don't have to see you. Do it. That's fair. That's fair. Ugh, okay, I'm doing this. Okay. The no. guy that plays YB looks exactly like him. Do you want to go or not? Go. Yeah, yeah he, does. he does. Except not black. Huh? I did not think YB was black. YB's black, black, dude. I I think he's half black. He's mixed, I think, because Grandma was. Grandma's for sure black, but I I didn't think he looked black. He did not. I thought he did, because she's like, YB, get your black ass in the motherfucking house. (laughs) But that's not YB. (laughs) Put this after the credits, a little YB discussion. (laughs) I'm going to end it with her grandma. Why they get your black ass in this? <laughs> and close my damn door. Let not cold air out this house. Running up my AC bill. Shit.